Chapter Seventeen of the Call of the Wildflower. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Call of the Wildflower by Henry Salt. Chapter Seventeen on Pilgrimage to Ingleboro. It Rosefoot growth very plentifully in the north of england especially in a place called Inglenborough fels gerard there is a tale by herman melville which deals with the strangeness of a first meeting between the inmates of two houses which face each other far and high away on opposite mountain ranges and yet though daily visible have remained for years as mutually unknown as if they belonged to different worlds it was with this story in my mind that i approached for the first time the moorland mass of ingleboro long familiar as seen from the lake mountains a square-topped height on the horizon to the south-east but hitherto unvisited by me owing to the more imperious claims of the great gable and scaffell but now at last i found myself on pilgrimage to ingleborough the impulse long delayed had seized me to stand on the summit of the yorkshire fell and looking northwestward to see the scene reversed another of ingleborough's attractions was that it is the home of certain scarts and beautiful flowers as has been pointed out in mr reginald ferrer's interesting books on alpine plants such exceptional rarities as the baneberry actaea spicata which grows among rocky crevices high up on the fell not to mention the arenaria gothica choicest of the sandworts the mere visitor can hardly hope to discover but there are other and less infrequent treasures upon the hill beyond which my ambition did not aspire as i ascended the barren marshy slopes that form the eastern flank i realized once again how much more the labor of an ascent depends upon the character of the ground than upon the actual height to be scaled ingleboro is under two thousand four hundred feet yet it is far more toilsome to climb than many a rocky peak in wales or cumberland that rises hundreds of feet higher and it is a relief at length to get a firm foothold on the rocks of milestone grit which form the summit thence from the edges which drop sharply from the flat top one looks out on the somewhat desolate fells stretching away on three sides pennygent to the east wernside to the north and to the south the more distant forest of pendle but westward there is the gleam of sand or water in moorcane bay and the eye hastens to greet the dim but ever glorious forms of the lakeland mountains in the affections of the mountain lover ingleboro can never be the rival of one of these indeed in the strict sense it is not a mountain at all but a high moor built on a base of limestone with a cap of grit still there is grandeur in the steep scarps that guard its central stronghold and its dark summit when viewed from a distance crowning the successive tiers of grey terraces has a strength and wildness of its own and even suggests at points a likeness to the massive tower of the great gable to one looking down from the topmost edges on the scattered piles of limestone below the effect is very curious you see perhaps a mile or two distant what looks at first sight like a flock of sheep at pasture 
but is soon discovered to be a stone flock which has no mortal shepherd in other parts are wide white platyochs which when visited turn out to be a wilderness of low flat rocks everywhere weather-worn and water-worn scooped and scalloped into cells and basins and so intersected by channels filled with ferns and grasses that one has to walk warily over it as over a reef at low tide but to return to the flowers at the summit were mossy saxifrage and vernal sandwort and on the cliffs just below to the western side the big mountain stone crop rose-root not unhandsome with its yellow blossoms flourished in some abundance even as it did when gerard wrote of it nearly three hundred years ago the purple saxifrage an early spring flower is also found on these rocks but at the time when i visited the spot in late june its blossoming season was over and nothing was visible but the leaves there was little else but some hawkweeds i turned my attention therefore to the flowers of the lower slopes there is nothing more delightful in descending a mountain than to follow the leading of some rapid beck from its very source to the valley and it is rather disconcerting in these limestone regions that the cavernous nature of the ground should make the presence of the streams so intermittent and that one's chosen companion should not unfrequently disappear just when his value is most appreciated into some gaping gill or pothole it is said of walt whitman that sometimes when a pilgrim was privileged to walk with him and was perhaps thinking that their acquaintance was ripening to friendship the good grey poet with a curt nod and a careless good-bye would turn off abruptly and be gone even so it is with these wayward streams that course down the sides of ingleboro just when one is on the best of terms with them they vanish and are no more but with the bird's-eye primrose tingling hillsides and hollows with its tender hue of pink no other companionship was needed a mountain flower it is the fairest of all the primulaceae that band of fair sisters to which it belongs primrose cowslip pimpernel loosestrife and moneywort all beautiful and all favorites among young and old alike wherever there is a love of flowers it was worth while to make the pilgrimage to ingleboro if only to see this charming little plant in perfection on its native banks nor were other flowers lacking the wild geraniums especially were in force the shining crane's bill gleamed on the pale limestone ledges the wood crane's bill a local north country species gave a glint of purple in the copses at the foot of the fell and still further down below the village of clapham there were masses of the blue metal crane's bill geranium pretense the largest and not least handsome of the family the water avens was everywhere by the stream sides and on a bank above the road the gladden or purple iris was opening its dull tinted flowers end of chapter seventeen